Welcome to Code Violation, the premier ATP podcast. My name is Jack Miller. I'll be your host along with my esteemed colleague, Eric Adams. Eric, how are you this evening? I'm doing excellent. Been loving the Australian Open so far. We've had a lot of excitement. What's your favorite part about the Australian Open, Jack? Let's get right into it. Uh, the tournament itself, obviously, it's the kickoff of the whole season. Um, living here in the United States, it's just nice to see the sunshine. You know the summer's coming. Um, the Australian, with Rod Laver as the host, it really couldn't be any better. I love seeing him. He's really, I mean, let's be honest, he's the godfather not only of Australian tennis, but of the whole pro tour. And I can't say it enough, Eric. I've been looking forward to talking tennis with you all day. So let's get right into it. I can't remember a better tournament for the fans than what we've been witnessing the last week, week and a half. How about yourself? Absolutely. You got some early upsets, which I love. You see Djokovic go down early. Sir Andy Murray gets torn apart by a servant volleyer. That's exciting. What do you think about Andy Murray? What do you think about Zarev's uh, march into the quarterfinals? Well, the big thing with Zarev was his, it was supposed to be his younger brother, who did play well, but but the older brother, the less accomplished, has really opened up the whole draw, at least on the top half, taking out Murray. It, it extended what, in my mind, is, is the real big story here at the Australian, and that as Roger Federer's return after uh, a six-month layoff, you know, we know he had problems with the knees, but it looks, for all intents and pur- pur- purposes, he's back. Zarev played great. I love the style he played, the serve and volley. Uh, we don't see that often, certainly in the men's game. It was nice to see him show Murray a different look. And let's be honest, it wasn't, uh, at least it appeared to me not to be a fluke. How about yourself? Yeah, I think it really exposed the weak spot in Andy Murray's game. I think if you remember back maybe 10 years ago, you used to watch Andy Murray play, and he was a really exciting player to watch. He would roll the ball, he would slice, he would hit a ton of drop shots, almost to his detriment. And he's cashed all that in. You know, he had that big sum or big off year in 2008. He worked out a ton. He's kind of turned into this aggressive baseliner. But you've seen someone throw something different at him, and he kind of broke down there. Whereas Roger Federer, most dynamic player in the game, he came in as a servant volleyer. Now he's the guy who closes the net better than anybody in the game. That's why he can do it until he's 35. So I think he got to see a weakness, and that was really fun. Yeah, and it's just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, not to not to rip on Murray. I don't mean it that way. Oh, but he deserves to get not, ripped on. He deserves yeah, I mean, it. Has Come he on, ever go had after him. Ten minutes of fun on the court? Um it's just it's just not it's just not fun exciting tennis in my mind and and I was glad he went out and it's just opened up the door and made for the the Australian story uh that much more exciting for the fans. So we're recording this on on the 25th recording it at night so we have the semifinals coming up. Uh I want to get into talking about Roger Federer Stanislav Wawrinka. What are your thoughts on that match? Oh, it's a great one. Uh I mean big stan Last couple of years, two or three years, he's punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's he is in with all these guys. Um, Roger, obviously, coming back, looking for, if you can believe it, number 18. This is a great story. They're Obviously, they're great friends. They've played each other a bunch of times. Who do you think is going to win that? 
You know, I think I think it's a great one. I think if you look at the head-to-head, Roger really dominates that. But Stanislav's been a late bloomer. I mean, I th- I think he was de- he was into his 30s before he won his first slam. And I remember watching Stan maybe five years ago to 10 years ago, and I thought, okay, this guy's a, a top 20 player, never going to get real deep into a tournament, and he's proved everybody wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a different player. What's shocking to me is the odd make, odds makers have Federer as the favorite. Yeah, Stan has, I mean, what is it, three slams in the past two years? Is that correct? Right. It, he's, he's had just as good a career as Murray. Yeah, Murray's always been considered in those top three, which I, you and I have talked about this at nauseum, which is a little bit ridiculous. It was the top two. Murray kind of hung around there. He didn't get a slam forever. He finally got that Wimbledon. More importantly than talking about Murray, let's... Stanislav Wawrinki is one of the most interesting players on the tour. He's kind of a peculiar guy. He comes out in his loud clothes. Have you got to look at his outfit for the Australian Open this year? What are your thoughts oh, on that? Oh, yeah. He always wears the best clothes. I, I mean, I think the best <laughs> the best are the uh, the shorts from the French Open he won. I'd still love to get a, a, a pair of those. Oh, the but he's such a quiet shorts. guy. He's so reserved. And then he wears the, the loudest outfit out there I, I think it's kind of endearing if you catch him on social media he does a lot of wacky things there as well well uh, what are my predictions for that match uh you know i i think roger you Federer, think the odds makers have it wrong no i think they're absolutely right i think roger mentally stanislav's one of the strongest players in the game but come on the fed has 17 what are your predictions wow. I, I think i think wow. fed i was and i think fed uh, and four yeah, sorry Fed in four. Okay. Okay. I see where you're going with that. I see it. There's a lot of emotional money bet on Fed, I think. Um, and I got to be honest with you, I'm going to do the same thing. I'd love to see him get to the final. Um, it would just be it would just be phenomenal for the game. Uh, he's got to get out early. I don't see him coming back. He'll get discouraged maybe. So he's got to win the first set. Um, will he sweep it in three? Probably not. So I, I like your prediction of four sets. Let me transition there. Would you? Let's say Fed does win this match. Do you prefer to see the old classic matchup one more time, Fed versus Nadal, or do you want to see Fed versus Baby Fed and Gregor Dimitrov? What I want to see is Fed get number eighteen, and I think he's got a much better shot against that against Dimitrov than Nadal. Obvious that that goes without saying. So that would be, you know, for my own personal, uh, personal like, I, w- I would like to see that matchup. But for the tennis world, there would be nothing better. Th- this is McEnroe, Connors. This is Martina, Chris Everett Lloyd. This is to you know Muhammad Ali. <laughs> it, it, it couldn't get any better. I think um, I, I love it. Absolutely right. I think you nailed it on the head. Now, we got to talk a little bit earlier today. We were texting back and forth about the uh, Rafael Nadal. I mean, he went out. Milos was the three seed, and he beat him up pretty bad, beat him in three sets. Now, I didn't get to watch the match, and, and did you? I did not. It was on way too late here. Um, I did read that Milos had a little uh, injury problem, but I, I wouldn't use that as an excuse. Um, it looks to me like... Rafael is back, and even if he doesn't win the Australian Open, 
it's evident that he's back. And what does that mean for the, the season going forward, specifically when we get into the clay court season? Absolutely. And I, I didn't get to watch the match as well, but for all of our listeners, if you haven't queued in to the YouTube channel, Ace Tennis, I don't know if the ATP keeps on shutting down his channel. He puts on these great 15 minutes condensed highlights, so I got to watch that. What was interesting is Rafael Nadal wasn't playing the retriever. He was pushing around Milos, and he was closing the net excellent, which back in the day he could just run around forever. He could stand 10 feet behind the baseline. But yeah, he would hit the ball deep into the corners, go and close the net. I agree. He's totally back. He's right there. Yeah, and he's running around his backhand, and he's just pounding the forehand. And when he gets that going, uh, it's trouble. Now, the guy he's playing, Gregor Dimitrov. I mean, tennis circles, we've we've always had a crush on him. His game is as sexy as it gets. Uh, and, and me along with him. Gregor Dimitrov has always been a guy who had all the talent in the world. He's 25 now from age 20 until about 25. It seems like he was preoccupied with other things. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was just out there having a great time. No question about it. And it feels, to me at least, the tennis world has been waiting on him to get that out of his system, so to speak, and join join the big boys. We've always known he had the game. And hopefully, I mean, obviously, he's doing great here in the Australian Open, but hopefully he can carry it through for the season because just his style... His charisma um, would love to see him in the mix, you know, really for the all of 2017. Well, he's he's won 10 straight. Let me ask you this on the note that, you know, obviously the guy likes to have fun. Obviously, he is not all about tennis. Do you romanticize that? I mean, we, we tend to love these people. And oh, Mer- yeah. Where, where does he even live? I mean, he seems to me like he would be another one of those. Monte Carlo guy. It's certainly a Monte Carlo guy. He lives in Monte Carlo. He's, <laughs> he's went through different. He's lived in Miami. What a lucky guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's lived in Miami. He's lived in Southern California. Kind of a Marat Safin, Joe Wilfrey Sanga type of person. You can find pictures online of him having a great time. And you know what? I, I think these are my favorite players. I think if you're going to spend the entire summer chasing around the sun, have, have a good time with it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you only live once. You know, it, it's kind of uh, odd that you wouldn't be doing it. At least that'd be my my personality. How about yourself? Absolutely. So he's 15 in the world right now. Obviously, that's going to take a huge jump. Yeah, Let's say- it's going to help him huge. With his ranking goes up, he gets better seeds. I think he could have a huge year. Yeah, he gets more attention at parties. Maybe maybe he tumbles and falls after this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> is he That's Jack and Evan too? Is he gonna take the next step? Do you think he's if you're putting if you're a betting man, is Gregor Dimitrov gonna win a slam in the next two years? Oh, that's a tough question. I would say yes. I would agree with I you. I would say I would say yes. Either uh, I think it would have to be on the hard courts. What do you think? Yeah, Either Australia or the U.S. Open? I, I should be more educated on this, but I do have... So his other than this tournament, his only other semifinal is on on the grass in Wimbledon, so he plays better at the French. His deepest is in 2013 when he went to the third round. He keeps getting bounced in the first round. What's your prediction for, what's your prediction for Nadal, Gregor Dimitrov, and how many sets? 
Well, just think about it. Nadal playing baby fed. With Nadal's forehand, he can still rip that thing in. The, the big weakness with anybody with a one-hander is the high one-hander. So I think he's going to struggle. Uh, he'd have to serve unbelievably well, I think, to beat Nadal. Um, I think the odds makers got it right. I think Nadal's going to... I think he, I think he's going to beat him pretty soundly. So, great. Gregor Dimitrov, he's the he's kind of the odd man out on this draw, right? You agree? Oh yeah, I mean Federer, Nadal, they're on my I think everybody's Mount Rushmore of tennis. Stan, like I said, he has punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Dimitrov, uh, you certainly can't say that about him. He's got the potential to be a Hall of Famer, uh, but he's not in the class of these other three. Let, let me ask you this then, because I've been given this some thought. So Fed's thirty-five. Stanislav, I believe, is or sorry, it's thirty-five. Stanislav is thirty-three, and I think Nadal's hitting thirty right now. Are we seeing that that men's tennis, the the peak of performance is is going later and later? Murray didn't start winning titles till he got a little bit older. Are we expecting these young players to develop too soon? Where we're seeing as maybe twenty-six, twenty-seven, and on, that's your peak of performance. That's a good point. Um, you might you might be right. I, I don't know what would really be causing that. Um, but you don't see, and I was thinking about this, even on the women's game, used to every so often you'd see just the prodigy show up. And you're not seeing that. You don't see it in the women's game as much. You haven't seen it in the men's in a while. It's, they've taken a lot longer you know, to, to find their, their footing on tour. Um, we'll see if that continues, but... Does that, if, if to, yeah, go ahead. Does that mean we have any hope for American men's tennis? It, oh. It's been a bad one. So I looked this up this morning. I mean, you know, there's a golden age of American men's tennis. We had Andy Roddick there for a minute. Now I looked up the Americans in the top 100. John Isner, 19. Jack Sock at 20. Steve Johnson at 30. Sam Query at 32. All those guys are, are fairly old. Ryan Harrison, he's 25. Donald Young, he's 27. Taylor Fritz, he's 93 in the world. He's 19. What do you expect out of American men's tennis over the next three to five years? Uh, well, three to five years, who knows? Uh, things have def- definitely got to change. Uh, of all the people you just mentioned, I think the only person that, that has a snowball's chance would be Taylor Fritz. He's a, he's a big guy. He's only 19. Um, the rest of them, they're journeymen. Journeymen at best. <laughs> they're terrible. They're terrible. And watching John Isner, I can't do it. I can't watch John Isner play tennis. No, oh, I mean, I was thinking about this, Eric. What if, what if you and I went out there and we were going to play best of three sets and I said, every time you serve, we're just going to sit down and we're going to give you that game because that's what Isner's all about. Nobody can break a serve. He's six foot ten. But at the end of our match, if it was tied... How good would you feel? <laughs> and and that—that's what you see over and over and over with these tiebreakers, and you know people telling you how, you know Isner's the American. It's—it's um, it's embarrassing. And not to go off on a rant, it's—it's it's, the the French guys don't win either, but at least they have style. They've got charisma. They've got swag. They're—they're they're watchable. The Americans. 
and I hate to say it, but the Americans to me, and you feel free to disagree, they're not watchable. I have never sat down and got excited about watching the Bryan brothers. I've never thought about going on and buying that sweet new polo that Prince came out because the Bryan brothers are matching and they're wearing them and they're chest bumping in them. I mean, I know you've always been a huge fan of the chest bump. <laughs> Eric, the chest bump may be the lamest <laughs> thing on tour. They're, they're not only doing themselves a disservice by doing it. When I see it, I get that cringe feeling inside. <laughs> they're doing themselves a disservice, and they're doing the American tennis a disservice. Who is watching? Who, what child is watching this and getting inspired and say, you know, I want to go down to the park and play tennis because I just saw the Bryan brothers. Um, to me, it's, it's an embarrassment. We need somebody, even if you're not going to win, come out, at least grow a, a little shaggy beard. I mean, remember Sampras? He wasn't known as Mr. Personality, but you still remember him. You know, he'd have the scruff going. Grow your hair long. Put some necklaces on. Act like you have some attitude. That's all I really am asking. You you want a Marat Safin out of American men's tennis? Well, then then let's pause. If you're there. not going to win, at least do that. Am I right <laughs> or wrong? Let, let's take a pause there. We talk about it all the time. Let's pay some homage to the the Williams sisters who swag on one hundred. Well, yeah, and that just goes back to the whole Australian this year is one for the ages in, in terms of um, the fans. And we are looking at something that, in my mind, the the story. Everybody knows it's a big story, but it's bigger than than they even give them credit for. We're talking something that'll never be duplicated. The Williams sisters, Venus. I think this is her twentieth year on tour. She's thirty seven, and she's about to play her sister in the final of another major. It's amazing. And getting back to that swag thing, have you seen how Serena dresses? Has anybody noticed that? Has any American man taken a look at how you come out to look intimidating? Thank you. You come out with a little bit of swagger. Yeah, no, not everybody's going to love it. The The tennis establishment will kind of cringe and they'll, they'll bite their tongue. But yeah, the, the hair's big. The, the clothes, loud, always. Venus came out with her own line. I wish I loved. I love that idea. Why give the money to Nike? Why don't you just come out with your own line? I think it's brilliant. And and she looks great in it. She's the only one that's not, uh, you know, just splashed with fluorescent paint these days. I, I think it's great. Absolutely. Well, real quick, going back to, and I don't know the year, the it was the U.S. Open when she came out in the boots. You Were you a fan? What say you on the boots? The boots? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was not a fan of the boots, but for... for the Williams sisters, everything they've ever done. When they first started, they came out with the beads. I love the beads. Some people didn't like the beads. You know, the beads fell off, made noise, were a distraction, whatever. But at least they've had the guts to try different things. The, I don't even remember what year it was, but the famous Serena cat suit was, <laughs> it was phenomenal. I mean, yeah, you're not going to move a lot of product, by, but she pulled it off in my mind. It was an eye, it was an eye opener. It wasn't a dainty little dress and a little ribbon in your hair, a la Chris Everett. <laughs> they've got they've got attitude. They've always had it, and I think they've just been 
they've just been great for the game. Serena, again, she's obviously on Mount Rushmore of the tennis world. Venus has five Wimbledons. Unbelievable. She's in a very distinct class by herself, and nobody even knows it. Absolutely. And I, I don't think that you can, as far as tennis conversation, I don't think you can top talking about the Williams sisters. I mean, I what, go on and on. Yeah. what we wanted to do here, and Jack, you and I have talked about it at Code Violation. We want to give you something quick, easy that you can digest. We're not going to get into stroke production. So I, I think we can close it off here. I mean, what do we have coming up off the, after the Australian? We have the Ecuador Open that's played in Quito. That's high elevation. Good test for players. Sofia Open that's in Sofia, Bulgaria. Gregor Dimitrov will be there, of course, home country. And then Open Sud de France. Uh, Gasquet has won that the past four years. So we'll be discussing that as well as the result of the Australian Open. One more time, what are your what are your predictions for the two final? We got Fed and Warrika. I'm taking Fed. And then we got in Nadal. Four. Okay, sorry. We got Nadal and Gregor Dimitrov in how many sets? I think Nadal, three, no more than four. But again, looking at those those names, no matter how this works itself out, whoever gets to the final, um, it's going to be great for the fans. I'm hoping it's Federer, but any one of these guys I'd be happy to see win. Excellent. Guys, you hear it right from Jack Miller's mouth. You got the predictions. You can go put your bets on those. I appreciate you guys coming out. If you get a chance, uh, check out Ace Tennis, the YouTube channel. Excellent condensed highlights. Eric, it was great talking to you. Let's get together for uh, the finals this weekend. Hey, see everybody, all our listeners. See you guys next week.